She was desperate, but the car drove off the second she got there. Now. A Touch on the Box Tales is an audible series to entertain you through tales and the box tales. Hello and welcome back to another episode of this show. My name is Priscilla, your host. I hope you're all doing well, by the way. We must have some new listeners on here. Hi, I'm Priscilla, your host for this podcast. Thank you so much for finding this podcast and most importantly, for listening. So here on this show, I basically read stories from writers and authors and maybe rant a bit about annoying characters in the story and give my support to the characters who need it. I also delve into the realm of movies and review it. And this segment appears in a part two of this or that particular episode. I hope you become a part of the family. Keep listening to this show for great content. If you're an old listener, thank you for always tuning in and know that your effort is much appreciated. All right, let's get right into this. On today's episode, I read chapters 8 and 9 of Alpha Sanaya, A Dark Voyage. Without wasting much time, let's get right into this. Chapter 8 The Black Tears of Kangara The Present Anaya, is that you? Hello? Mama walked slowly to the adjoining room, afraid but also hoping that it would be her daughter finally returning home. But there was no one in there. It was just Ed who had now stopped barking as his eyes then glared at the doorway to Anaya's room. It was as if it wanted to tell Mama it had seen someone enter the room. Mama didn't miss the clue. She immediately rushed to Anaya's room and saw something odd in there. The windows had been opened. She was sure they hadn't been opened in a while. Not since after Anaya mysteriously disappeared. She walked over to the opened window. Confusion written all over her countenance. An old car parked outside the house caught her attention the second she got closer to the window. There was something puzzling about the car. The young woman in it and even how she had dressed that made Mama skeptical. She felt it wasn't by mere coincidence the car was there at that time. Besides, the lady in it looked like she knew exactly what she was doing there. Who was she and what was she looking for? Does she know where her daughter could be? Mama's Sith sense kept on hinting her that she could get the answers to those questions from the lady in the car. She ran outside with the hopes of getting to her and finding the answers she needed. She was desperate but the car drove off the second she got there. Now, the quiet road leading to Kangara was nothing more than just a dead truck covered in shrubs and small bushes from the beginning until she got into halfway of the journey. Having escaped from her mother finding out about her a few hours earlier, Anaya couldn't get over the feeling of guilt that engulfed her. She somehow felt responsible for what her mother and brother were going through. If only there was a way she could tell them the truth without them freaking out or thinking she was out of her mind. How do you look in the face of your mother in a different body form, the body of a stranger, and say, 
hey this is me your daughter i just have my soul in here how the best result was a call to the priest to bring the holy water in chains or a call to the asylum and only if there was a slight chance they would believe the exact way she was going to tell them she wouldn't know exactly what to say as she didn't entirely know what happened to her either she had answers first before she could try any of that that was why the journey to Imwanume's shrine at Kangara was important to her at this point, and that was the only thing she tried to have her attention on. She sighed, closed her eyes, and opened several times in an attempt to get out of her mind and focus on the journey. She was now halfway through, deep into the forest, lost among tall trees. The sky had almost entirely vanished, only a few bits of blue remained like shards of broken glass. An incredible mix of sounds vastly dose of herds of large animals and bird songs echoed through the tall trees the air was rich with the fragrance of leaves different kinds it felt humid too and she loved it anaya took in another deep breath a smile escaping her almost dry lips there there it was her usual smile of course this felt different because she did it with someone else's lips but she knew it still had its charm the power to make her feel better and she did feel better, a lot better. Her love for nature was always so strong that it surpassed every other emotion she had. But her heartwarming moment with nature ended abruptly as she started when she realized she had arrived at her destination. In front of her, it stood, the almost forgotten town of Kangara. What contrast! The township ahead of her was nothing closer to the picturesque ride through the forest. It was like she had stepped into a 1970 version of a bad dystopian movie. Only this was real. Emptiness and gloomy. These were the words that hit Anaya's mind when she got down from the car. For a second, she thought she had probably gotten the wrong location, but the pocket map she held told a different story. Who or what would still be at a place like this? She thought as she advanced through the town. Several houses had fallen as the roots rot away. The open doors of remaining houses, which were conceivably once very welcoming, were now an airy and unexpected sight. In the streets and gardens lay broken roof tiles and crusty, dried paint fading from walls and fences. It dawned on her the stories told about the town were true. Every bit of the readings they had in the history class was true. And as she advanced deeper into the town, the story she had heard about the town replayed through her mind, every bit. Kangara is one of Kolunto's forgotten relics of the past. It used to be an epicenter of spiritualism and other forms of African traditional religion. The people who lived there worshipped Ilazan, the sky god, the supreme creator, and other higher and lesser gods. They believed in spirits, veneration of the dead in the use of traditional African medicine vis-a-vis -vis the octodus medicines. They believed that the departed souls could communicate with those living and so to make contact with the deceased, usually with the aid of the Imwanume, the man, the high priest who was believed to be in direct contact with the spirit world. That was just one of the things the Imwanume could do. The power of the Imwanume was passed down from generations to generations. She continued her walk through the town, still trying to figure out where exactly she was supposed to go. The farther she moved, the more she remembered the history lessons. The Kangarians lived with no care of the outside world until the holy water of Kangara happened a few forty years ago. 
the advent of Christianity in their part of Africa brought doom to Kangara and many other towns like it. Many historians believed that to call what happened to Kangara a war was to do a great injustice to those who perished, as it wasn't a war but rather an ambush by Christians in the other towns in Kulunto who believed the Kangarians were demon worshippers. They woke up one dawn to a blazing fire in the entire town. Almost everything was bent to a crisp, and the township never went back to its former glory. This must have been where the fire started. Anaya thought as she got to the first bent house. The rest of the bent houses followed in front of her. The walls of the houses at that part of the town had long since crumbled and in their place two thick beams of wood, blackened and charred from where the flames had licked at them. She couldn't help but feel saddened by the history the place held. She walked for a few seconds, then stopped in front of a half-bent wood-like structure with one big pool in the middle, also bent, and she knew that was where the unlucky remaining heretics were rounded up and burned alive. For a brief period, she couldn't move. All she did was gaze at the stake. She could literally see the people tied to the pole, screaming. She could feel the heat of the fire on her skin as if she was the one with those bent in the fire. Her heart became burdened with sorrow and once again, she felt the need to put flowers on the structure as a way of honoring those who died for what they believed in. But where would she find flowers at a deserted place like that? She began a search to find some of the flowers, any, but her search led her to the place she was supposed to go. She didn't know for a fact that was the place, but her intentions told her it could be. It was the only thing that had life in the entire town, in Wanumi's shrine. It's too tall and isolated in front of her. It was adorned in white paint with carvings of different symbols, mostly Adinkra symbols, on it. It looked sacred by its mere appearance. There was no sign it was also hit by the fire. Anaya walked slowly towards the door, not sure of what she was going to find in there. But before she could open the door, she felt an excruciating pain in her head, then it moved to her abdomen. She felt like there was something in her trying to escape, tearing down all the walls of her stomach. Following that there were defining voices in her head, she screamed out of pain and fell to the ground, her screams filling the empty space of the town as her vision blurred. As her eyes shut, all the light faded away and blended seamlessly into darkness until all that remained was black. Chapter 9 In One Miss Shrine Anaya opened her eyes without warning. They flung open so wide that all the black on her pupils could be seen. Confusion was written all over her figure. She couldn't make sense of what had happened. All she remembered was the excruciating pain in her abdomen, the voices in her head, and everything turning black. And now she was at a place she didn't remember going to. But wait, she turned her head side to side to make sense of what had happened earlier and how she got to where she was, but nothing made sense, at least not yet. Then she saw an old man walk towards her. She sighed at the sight of him. Perhaps he would be the one to answer her questions. What happened? How did I get here? She didn't wait for him to get any closer than he had gotten before she asked, Kuchukwamudawaku. Oh, right, he didn't speak English, nor the local language. W what? He says, take your time. A very sweet and soft voice echoed from behind the man. Anaya langed her neck to see the face that voice belonged to. It was a young girl, 15 or younger, 
She was clad in a white cloth. The cloth was draped around her upper body down to her feet, and all the hair on her head had been shaven so down you could see her scalp. Her look had been made complete with beads, black beads, around her neck, arms, and legs. Who dressed this way in 2019 when the world was seeing a lot of height in fashion? Anaya queried in her mind. For the first time, her attention was drawn to the appearance of the old man who stood in front of her, still wearing a smile and standing still as if he was giving her time to take everything in. He also had a white cloth wrapped around the waist, and it covered from the waist to the knee. Then another covered the upper part of his body, around the torso and shoulders. Unlike the young girl, he had no beads on. Just a sparrow symbol on his forehead and of course, his head was shaving down to his wrinkled scalp. He was old. His wizened face and slightly hunched back were evidence enough not to talk of the thick white eyebrows that rimmed his eyes, place him at 75 or older. The room, however, was a genuine contrast of all the whites those in front of her were clad in. The room was dark, with its only source of light being three black pots filled with fire. Each pot was set up at different ends of the room and together, they brought light to the room. Was technology lost to these people as well? Anaya thought, to add to the errands of the room was strange and unnerving with carvings of different symbols and creatures Anaya had no idea of, hanging loosely like nobody's business at different parts of the room. After carefully scanning the appearance of those in front of her and how the room looked, Anaya finally realized she was inside the Imonui shrine or at least a part of it. The young girl was a shrine maiden, certainly, and the man was the Imonui. Indu, Mubine Kweli, Uko Kwenye Kaburila Imonui, the old man declared as he took a seat in front of her. He says, You are right, you are in Imonui shrine. The young girl explained shortly after, before she took a stand beside the old man. How did he? You're welcome to the shrine of Imwanume. Anaya was interrupted by the young girl before she could ask how the old man was able to know what she was thinking. The true son and servant of Elazin, the sky god, the all-knowing servant who takes an active role in the affairs of both heaven and earth, the physical and the spiritual, the dead and the living, the good and the bad, the one who dines and wines with the ancestors of yore, the one who has the knowledge of old, passed down to him from generations to generations, the one who sees all but tells none, the man who knows all but tells none. The young girl concluded, her face devoid of any emotions. Noun, after hearing the young girl sing all those panegyrics about the Imanumi in a sweet sing-song voice which had both authority and calmness, Anaya was sure she needn't ask her earlier question. The old man began, I I know why you're here. The young girl translated a second after, Great, this was going to be a long ride of back and forth, Anaya thought. I have the answers you seek, but are you ready to hear them? Anaya, who was now sitting up straight on the mat, woke up completely, plummeted into deep thoughts at the entrance. Was she ready? Yes, yes, I am. She answered, but the old man said nothing. He just smiled. It was either he always saw anything she did or said amusing, or he just liked smiling because Anaya had lost count of the number of times the old man had smiled after she did or said something. He says, you're not ready. For the journey ahead, 
you must have your third eye open. You must embrace your true self to see the world around you. That is the first step of knowing the truth. And when that happens, all your other gifts will be awoken. Gifts? Once again, Anaya had found herself lost in a lot of details that didn't make any sense to her. She was sure she came there for answers, not more puzzles to solve. Before she could open her mouth to ask any questions, the old man directed. He is asking you to sit comfortably and close your eyes. Inhale and exhale as many times as you can, slowly and deeply. Focus your attention on the sound of your breathing. She did as directed and after a while, she could sense a dull feeling of strength between both eyebrows. Her head became heavy and she could hear no sound, not even the chant that the old man had begun when she closed her eyes. Images of past events flickered through her mind, then there were voices, screams and more voices. There were a lot and not so vivid or clear to make sense of. She didn't know how she knew, but she knew they were from the past. They all came to an abrupt stop when she felt a hand touch her. She opened her eyes slowly, unsure of what had happened. There was a sudden feeling of change in her, the feeling of heightened connectivity with everything around her. Even the air felt different on her bare skin, but nothing seemed to have changed from the outside. The old man and the girl were exactly where they were earlier, except the man now had in his hand an old book with a lot of strange symbols at the back. Most of these symbols were similar to the ones carved outside the shrine and the ones in the room. He is saying that he has the answers, but he cannot give them to you. You must find them. Take this book. It should help you. Your next location is Abikiali. Don't open this book until you get there. The old man handed her the book, stood up and walked away without uttering another word. The one who sees all but tells none. The man who knows all but tells none. Right. The young girl beckoned her to get up from the mat and follow her, but Anaya just sat there a lot more hopeless than she came, and also angry. She had a lot of unanswered questions when she came. None of them had been answered, and now she had to leave with more unanswered questions. Not even a single answer to all the strange happenings around her. Let's start from why she was wearing a different body or why she blacked out a while ago at the entrance of the shrine. At least, nothing. So she came this far forward, meditation of some sort, to open her third eye in a book. Whoever was behind whatever nonsense was happening to her must really have a sick sense of humor, she thought. story keeps getting interesting and interesting in each chapter i should say i like how and you know where this is going in this part i really understood anaya's sentiments when she said she didn't know how to explain to her mom should she come any closer or if she waited in the car for her i mean that will surely be a lot to explain Anyways, you really shouldn't miss out on the next episodes because it keeps getting better. Bruh, my interest is hooked and I can't wait. 
Yes. Anyways, thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. I'm Presla once again, your host. You've been listening to a Touch on the Box Dose podcast. If you loved this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe or follow, rate the podcast and leave a review. You can also listen to this show on Google Podcasts. Follow and rate the podcast on Spotify. By rating or leaving a review, you send a signal to prospective listeners. You can also listen to this podcast on all podcast streaming platforms. You can also connect with me on Instagram at attach underscore on underscore the box deals. Link is available in the show notes of this episode.